This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. We're playing against a Chelsea team that's very talented and they've got a lot of outstanding individual players. But I thought collectively we were, we were very good, you know, real threat going forward. And uh, we ran our socks off when we haven't got the ball because, uh, like I said, you have to in, in these games. Yeah, and I think that's the maturity in the team. You know, I, I said that this is a team that just needs patience and needs learning. Uh, and like I said, they, they're happy that they won, but they're, they're not jumping all over the place. You know, it was a really good professional performance, exciting at times, and and, and really defensively concentrated. Yeah, yeah, I think it, listen, it's still so early on, and, and obviously, as I said, no one's no one's jumping through hoops. Um, but it shows that in the first part of the season, consistency has, has been very good, performance level has been high, and, uh, and like I said, we uh, we can keep the players you know, fit and available, then uh, we hope to go on and keep this consistency in the second part of the season. On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Brendan Rogers speaking after Leicester City inflicted a massive blow on Frank Lampard and Chelsea in midweek and sent them top of the table. Of course, the uh, lead would change many times this week and we're going to tell you all about it. Welcome to On the Ball with me, Ross, on this lovely Friday evening. Staying at home, uh, being very good, and joining me this evening, we have Bob Holmes. Hello, Bob. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Yeah, Bob's looking forward to the, a cricketing weekend, shall we say. Craig <laughs> Marias is also here. <laughs> Hello, Craig. Hi there, Ross. How you doing, boys? <laughs> Craig's got beaming from ear to ear. I wonder why. Oh, As Corkill yeah. joins us in a retro Liverpool 1977 top. Very nice, Sir Des. Hello. Thank you very much. I've been uh, scanning through the, the law book of uh, professional football because I clearly don't understand the game at all after what's gone on this week. Oh, yeah. De- Des hit the nail on the head right there. Tweet at BFM Radio or find us all individually on Twitter. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Also, do check out our brand new video, TFIF on video. It's uh, our latest YouTube channel. So do check it out. Leicester 2, Chelsea nil. It was a performance of class and composure. And dare I say, Craig Marias, Chelsea, uh, Leicester won with ease. Yeah, um, they dominated from start to finish. Um, and it was something I saw coming, to be honest with you. Um, I liked Leicester going into this match. I fancied them. Um, and, you know, I looked at that Chelsea lineup just before. And I, and I just felt that, you know, Lampard was... Was, is still not sure who his strongest team is. Um, and, and I've said this before on the show, you know, in, in the last few weeks, it's a problem when you don't know your best 11. I mean, we can go through all the top teams and, and you know, there's, there's not many changes. Obviously, with the, with the games coming thick and fast, you make certain changes here and there. But with Lampard, it's chop and change, chop and change. Uh, the, the two central defenders are constantly changing. Um, Rudiger's come in the last few matches. Um, and then he, and he decided to play Havertz. I mean, mm. this, this was ultimately a must-win game for him um, with, with all the rumours that were circulating before the match saying that, you know, it, it, you know if he didn't win this game, you know, he, he would be getting the sack. And he, and he puts his faith in, look, they spent a lot of money on Havertz and, and I don't think he's going to be a bad player. Um, <clears throat> he's just had, he just hasn't adjusted to the Premier League right now. Yeah. Um, he will be a good player in the future. But right now, if you're talking about form... He's not the guy that you want to trust. And you look at that midfield uh, that uh, midfield three that Leicester have, 
I mean, you're talking about Ndidi, you're talking about Tielemans, you're talking about Madison. I mean, they'd they work their socks off. They'll get in your face. Um, and it's it wasn't a game for uh, Kai Havertz at all. Um, I felt he got that one more, uh, wrong. Um, yeah. And you look at the bench, you've got someone like Jorginho there. And yeah. you're just thinking, ah, could, it, could, could Chelsea have done with him in midfield? Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I go back to it. I saw the lineups before the match. I thought there was only one winner in this end, and that was right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, just a bit more on the game, Bob. Uh, Brendan Rodgers said um, it. You know, he's proud at, with the consistency in the first half of the, the season. I mean, they are well and truly challenging Leicester City, aren't they? Yes, uh, they are. Um, they look better than when they won the league yeah. in 2016, actually. Um, and they are a younger side. Um, uh, they're probably uh, they're going to hang on all right. Um, last, the last so, uh, side uh, did that okay, but then um, they couldn't quite follow it in uh, the subsequent seasons and the side had to be rebuilt. But this, this looks a very well-balanced team altogether. The only thing, the only sort of glaring thing they need to look at is Vardy. Uh, he's their outstanding player, if, if you like, or their talisman. He's going to get the goals for them, but there's nobody else yeah. anywhere near as good. Ihinacho is not, and uh, they, I think they need to look at that. But apart from that, they really are superbly balanced, and they've got a great midfield, as Craig says. They've got a absolutely superbly balanced midfield. That's the thing about it. Everybody's got a midfield, but they've got tigerish tackling they've got goals they've got imagination they really are su a superb trio those those three that you mentioned and madison is pushing uh, for england recognition i think yeah. uh, with its ability to score as well so it's looking very good they're definitely in the mix there's up to about seven teams that could win it now <laughs> Amazing stuff. All right. Good win for Leicester. More about Leicester and Chelsea when we preview the FA Cup. On Wednesday night, early kickoff on Wednesday was Man City 2, Aston Villa 0. Uh, come to Des Corkill. First bit of controversy. Uh, Rodri controversially stole the ball from an offside position from Tyrone Mings. Sets up Bernardo Silva for the first goal. Aston Villa, before that, 78 minutes, gave their all and were well and truly in this. They were, they were fighting hard. Uh, absolutely. Manchester City are looking uh, re really, really good at the moment. And they're finding, the, as the, the, the um, cliche is, they're finding ways to win. How this one came about, I have no idea. If that is not offside, forget the rule. Just go back to what it was before any offside was introduced and allowed goal hanging. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hear, uh, no doubt, I've, I've looked at the law book and it's in the second phase of play. But the guy's coming from behind, Tyrone Mings has taken a touch and then he's been tackled by the man who was clearly in an offside position. So at the very worst, the linesman should delay his flag and now we know the result of what has happened from the non-offside that was initially given and the result has gone as an advantage to the team who were offside. So by all reasonable levels of comprehension of the offside law which changes year on year that is offside manchester city they went on it it was a brilliant goal yeah. no, no two ways about it yeah. it's not a case of the offside led directly to the goal but he was offside to win the ball back in the first place and not just by uh, a shirt width 
by about 10 yards. Yeah. And <laughs> it's simply ridiculous. Just ridiculous. And how VAR does not look at this and have a little word in the assistant, in, 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 the, in the referee saying, say, ref, ref, you ought to have a look at that one. Um, uh, it, there's too many incidents going on throughout this year and last year where you kind of go, this is not a game I recognise. And this, this, this is just it. It was a, a, a point of luck that City needed. Like indeed, he shot going in off the post against yeah. Chelsea, yeah. an early goal. A little bit of fortune. When you're up at the top, you get those little things going your way. But this was a huge bloody thing. A credit to, to how well the Etihad pitch, I, I thought, held up. Because it rained constantly. I think it's still raining in Manchester. But... <laughs> it's flooding. But... It's flooding. I know. People being taken away by yeah. boats. It's very, very... It's, it's sad. We shouldn't... shouldn't love. Um, but Craig, Aston Villa this season. I mean, they've got a couple of games in hand here. And, and this is a funny season, Craig, right? Yeah. I mean, you talked um, earlier about, you know, that there's seven teams that could win it. Um, I don't think they can. But... They'll be pushing for, 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 for a European spot, that's for sure. Um, I, I like what Dean Smith's done. I mean, you look at um, the problems that he rectified over the summer, uh, he filled in the positions that he needed to, uh, needed to get a striker, got one, needed to get a goalkeeper, got one. Um, and what I think they've done defensively is, is improved massively. I think Mings has come on um, really well. Um, his partnership uh, with Konza as well is a good one. Um, and that midfield, I love the signing of Ross Barkley. I think he makes a massive difference yeah. in that midfield. He was very um, good. You know, you got you got your hard workers in Louise and McGinn there, but Barkley has that kind of license to to kind of roam around along with Grealish. Um, the one criticism, if I do have, is um, although they did sign him for a lot of money, Watkins, he doesn't score enough goals for me. But what he is is a presence, and 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 he really works defenders. Um, so, so they make up for. Uh, for that, but um, yeah, Villa, uh, great, great uh, season that they're having, and, and I think it's going to continue. Um, I really do. Um, but like I said, it's it, it's tight. I mean, they're not going to be up there challenging for the title, um, but I wouldn't put it past them for a European spot. All right. Well, that win sent Man City top, and no sooner had Donald Trump exited the White House, <laughs> uh, then normal service was resumed because Man United went to London. Played Fulham, 1-2-1, and returned to the top of the table, Bob. All right. I, 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 maybe, maybe. Call, like, from a goal down in I flowered it a little bit. But, but yeah. I mean, a little man, bit. This Man United side, the away record, the giving the opposition a lead trend continues. Uh, yes, um, can't argue about uh, the goal this time. Uh, no deflection, uh, a contender for the goal of the season, I think. But Let's he look. was given time. I think yeah. the Scott Parker will be uh, pointing that out to his defence. Uh, he did. You could see him lining it up. Uh, it was like he was chalking his cue before <laughs> sending, uh, potting the black into the bottom pocket. You know. Um, but he hit it absolutely sweetly, didn't he? And yes, he is playing better than he's done. But you have always have to say with Pogger, what took him so long? Mm. I mean, United have been missing this. I, I don't think he's at 100% even now, quite frankly. He still kind of lopes about for rather too long for me. But 
what it's a big improvement on what he was doing last season and early this season. But you'd have to say, why is, has he not been doing it earlier? If United had had this Pogba for the last two or three seasons, they probably would have won a bit more silverware. And have been. I wouldn't say they'd win the title, but they'd be challenging for the top four more consistently in the, than they have. Where's he been? That's the question. I mean, no one has ever questioned his ability. And he, we're now finally seeing it. Uh, well done, Ollie, if uh, whatever he's done to him uh, to bring this out, because it's certainly working. Yeah. And he's, pu- he's pushing United um, up there, isn't he? It was his goal. It was, he was the difference. Um, so uh, it's set it up nicely for, for the return game with Liverpool, hasn't it? We'll, we'll come on to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that. Uh, more about Man United when we preview the FA Cup. Let's move on, running out of time already, <laughs> to the Thursday night game, early Friday morning. It was uh, Liverpool nil, Burnley won. Uh, Des Corkill, the 68-game unbeaten home record, finally ended. It was no 69 for Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> very good. Very, very witty. Very amusing. Uh, it, it was it was going to happen at some time. Uh, it happens to be Burnley, one of my least favourite teams, playing <laughs> in a very Burnley way. And so, yes, you can say they they, they performed wonderfully. They got a result. Uh, Nick Pope was terrific. I'm a big fan of Nick Pope. His save from Salah in the second half was just out of this world. So there's no way he should be going to his left. Everything suggests that's going to his right. And he responds with a, a wonderful save uh, to his left. The penalty in my book, is nowhere near a penalty. If that's a penalty, Mane should have got a penalty against Newcastle. Uh, the, the the penalty against Southampton that wasn't given should have been given. Uh, so there's there's been so many little things that you think of, um, I believe, have gone against Liverpool in this opening 19 uh, m- matches. The Everton game, the Brighton penalty, just five examples and sorting off the top of my head there. But the fact is, we're not scoring goals and something is going wrong. Shakiri and Thiago are lovely players of balls into spaces, but we're... We're just not getting uh, those little breaks at the moment. So, um, uh, yes, it's concerning that they've gone so long without a goal. It's concerning that uh, Liverpool have dropped so many points that they, in inverted commas, shouldn't have have dropped. It's concerning they're six points behind Man United. They're concerning that if the teams in hand win their games in hand, Liverpool could go eight, uh, which is uh, very concerning. But I'm not overly concerned because I still think Liverpool are trying to do things the right way. I think they'll work through. They've got some horrendously difficult games coming up. Tottenham away, West Ham away, Leicester and Everton and Manchester City in their next six or seven games, uh, Brighton uh, in between them. But you know what? I think this uh, Liverpool team will respond in the right manner. Um, And you've just got to give them congratulations for going three years unbeaten at Anfield. Yeah. Massive game coming up for Liverpool at the weekend. We'll talk about that in a few moments. Going to the break with Craig Mariah saying a few nice words about Burnley. We, we know, Craig, uh, how Des feels about Burnley. But I was watching bits of that game, right? At certain points, Burnley had eight yellow shirts in that Liverpool box. They're away from home. This is Burnley we're talking about. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I constantly have a... a an argument with Des about this, you know, for me, it's you play to your strengths, you know, and, and it's about how effective you are. Um, and it's about getting the points on the board. And then Sean Dyche obviously has a way of doing that. Doesn't, it's not easy on the eye. It's not, you know, Des's cup of tea. But for me, I mean, he's got a job to do. His job is to keep Burnley in the Premier League um, and, and not play sexy football. And that's, that's literally the bottom line of it. And 
And you're not going to look at Sean Dyche. I mean, we woke up this morning, um, didn't watch the match, but I look at my phone and I see Burnley won Liverpool zero. And, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, it must have been some sort of display. I mean, I expected Liverpool to be peppering that goal. Um, Nick Pope making all sorts of saves. Tarkovsky and Ben Mee throwing their bodies on the line. But when I watched the highlights back, it was hardly that. And, um, you know, I, I look back at the Burnley performances that I've seen over the years and, you know, last-ditch tackling and, and things like that. And and Des, um, Des was right when he says, you know, you know, all, all the talk is about Liverpool and the defenders that they miss, Van Dijk, Gomez, um, Matic, although he played yesterday. Um, but the, the, their actual problem right now is creating chances and scoring goals. They're just not doing that. And it's the front three that have obviously over the years performed at such such a high level that's kind of dipped and I think the, this is the period you know you talked about Shakiri. this is the period when you need your Diogo Jotas coming in there and, and freshening things up I don't think Origi's the uh, the answer for it Shakiri hasn't played much in the last couple of years he's, he's possibly not the answer so um, I, I think with Liverpool um, they're, they're a little bit more worrying times um, if they can't score goals all right Good win for Sean Dyche and Burnley. We head to our first break. We will be back previewing the FA Cup fourth round. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. FA Cup fourth round action. Bob Holmes, uh, Des Corkill and Craig Marias joining me to preview. Well, we can't do all the games. There's 16 ties, 32 teams left. So we'll do some of the big ones for you. Uh, there is a Friday night game. Chorley versus Wolves is a Saturday morning, 3.45 a.m. kickoff. Chorley are currently ninth in National League North. And uh, Bob Holmes... There's history in this tie. You're going to tell us about 1986 now, aren't you? Uh, I think you've read it more than I have, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, the the history uh, in in uh, this season is actually worth telling because they've knocked out three league clubs. Um, National League North, for people's benefit, is actually one stage below the National League, which is one below League Two. I know many people in Malaysia don't even look beyond the Premier League, but, you know, we are talking here a pretty low level of, of uh, football, but they've beaten three league teams. One, you have to say that Derby, they sent the kids out. Um, they had a, a COVID outbreak and they could only field uh, a junior team. So that's a little bit false. But they've also beaten um, Wigan and Peterborough. And uh, they, you know, any team in this competition this season, I think, is vulnerable. Uh, we have seen some amazing results. It's a weird season. And I think the empty grounds, and COVID and everything else have had a lot to do with it. So even a team as low down as Chorley will actually fancy mm. that they can pull off a surprise here. And, um, you know, the way things are going, you can't rule it out. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put two cents on them doing so, but Wolves have looked a bit vulnerable this season. They haven't been the Wolves of the past two seasons. 
they haven't got a number nine. We know that's well documented. And how seriously they're going to take this, uh, we don't know. Um, they won't fancy going there on a Friday night, uh, <laughs> on a wet Friday night at Chorley. It doesn't quite have the ring of, <laughs> of, a, of a windy Tuesday night at Stoke used to, but uh, it, it's not going to be an enjoyable run out, I don't think, for, for Wolves, unless they can get an, easy, an early goal to ease their concerns. Yeah, I mean, back in 86, Des, Wolves were in the fourth division. They're in a much better state right now. So this would be a shock of mammoth proportions if it happens. It would. I love these kind of games. This is what the Cup is all about. People in this part of the world would not have heard of Chorley, a little town in the northwest. Um, Chorley had a very good season last year uh, and they're competing towards the top end of the National League North this year. So they're, they're clearly a group of players um, with, with some confidence. Um, I can't profess to know an awful lot about their players. What I do know is that Wolves are in a dreadful spiral of a lack of confidence. And quite um, uh, what Bob said, if Wolves get an early goal, then Wolves should be good enough to see this through. If Chorley get the first goal, gosh, we could see uh, an upset. It wouldn't have been, uh, in 1986, it wasn't that much of an upset. Because as you say, Wolves were right down in, in, in Division 4, as was then, League 2, as mm. is now, because they had a, a precipitous fall from, uh, from winning the League Cup in 1980 to 1986, when they were right at their depths. But, but they're now amongst the elite. Ah, come on, Chorley. I'd love the Northern, the Northern Premier League, as I still call them, or the National League North boys to do it well, because it just um, illustrates that all the mega money, which I can continually go on about, about the top teams and the obscene amounts of money that they earn, and they say, ah, it's because we're so much better than the guys below you. This is the opportunity for them to show that's not the case. Come on, Chorley. Just to illustrate what Des is saying, romance of the cup and all that, uh, Chorley captain Scott Leather has booked the day off. His job's a lift engineer. So he's booked the day off on Friday to concentrate on the game. Chorley versus Wolves is your first banana skin of the weekend. It is a Saturday, 3.45 a.m. kickoff. Nuno Espirito Santo side go into the tie, winless in their last six Premier League games. All right, on to the next one then. Southampton versus Arsenal is Saturday at 8.00. 15. Um, Arsenal had a 3-0 victory over Newcastle on Monday night. It was their fifth straight clean sheet, um, Craig Marias. And you feel Arteta's Gunners have, have turned the corner. They've shed some players in this transfer window. They're even talking about new signings now. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I like what Arteta's done. Um, I, I said it before the blip. I did say, you know, Arsenal uh, at the back end of the last season, coming into this season, I thought, you know, they'd, they'd be some, uh, they'd, they'd be one of the teams to watch out for. They, they disappointed. They, they had that massive blip uh, where nothing was going for them. They had a few injuries uh, to the defence, to party in midfield. Um, but now they seem to, to, to kind of build uh, a solid foundation at the back. Um, I, I think Tierney's there. Um, Holding has, has improved tremendously. Uh, and he's formed a partnership at the back. Um, uh, Party is just coming back uh, to a bit of form. Xhaka has has kind of upped his game a little bit, and and even Obama Young is scoring goals. So uh, that says quite a bit. Um, it, it was all. I, I think with with certain teams, you're always going to get that blip. Um, as, as Liverpool are going through, Chelsea have gone through. 
Arsenal have gone through that period. And, and now, they're, now they're getting into a bit of run of form. Um, and I think this is, uh, this is a, night, a good Arsenal side to watch. Um, and, and it's really interesting to see how high up uh, the table in the league uh, that Arteta can finish. Um, with, the Premier, uh, with, with the Cup as well, um, they're, they're defending champions, aren't they? Yeah. In the, in the, in the FA Cup. So um, it'll be interesting to see how how much they want to. You know, are they going to put their full strength squad out? Are they going to you know save it uh, with, with a lot of games coming up? They've got some tough fixtures as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what Mikala and how he prioritizes it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's six, it's a six game uh, unbeaten run at the moment. They're going well, but it is a tricky tie, Bob. Away at Southampton, we've said in previous shows this would be a good one for Hassan Hotel and his side to win, to, to show progress? Uh, yes, yes, it would. And uh, Hassan Huttle uh, won the Austrian Cup as a player a couple of times. So that shows that he, he might just value uh, the Cup tournaments, which not all foreign managers do. Um, and yes, Did I think he would. Uh, well, he was here quite a long time. He must have won it with Arsenal. They win it every other year, don't they? <laughs> uh, speaking of Arteta, I was during that blip, uh, I was looking to see if there were any grey hairs appearing on his immaculate <laughs> black head. It is and, immaculate. Uh, it, there aren't any. So uh, I think that speaks volumes for the man. I mean, if he can weather a storm like that and not have a single grey hair. Um, <laughs> then he's a cool customer. But back to the game. Yes, uh, I think this would be the, uh, the tie of the round, but for the but for a certain one taking place at Old Trafford. Intriguing stuff. Danny Ings could be back from COVID. And interestingly, he's not signed a new contract. And what are they going to do? I can think of, a, of one club that could do with a goal scorer right now. <laughs> Liverpool. We don't buy Southampton players. <laughs> <laughs> Not one you've already bought at, before, anyway. Well, he was at Burnley before that, Des. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it, it'll be a, a fascinating game. I think they'll go go for it. Both managers will go for this. Okay. Because uh, I, I don't I don't think Arsenal can win the league, um, and, and and retaining the FA Cup would mean a lot to them. Just to stick on this Danny Ings subject, he is obviously a driving force for the Southampton side. Hassan Huttle has come out and said all the right things. He said, look, life goes on. Uh, we will find someone else, etc., etc." And if, if, if Danny Ings wants to play in a Champions League club, all he has to do is stay with us and bang another 15 goals in. <laughs> Which I thought was great. <laughs> that simple. It's that simple. Uh, there's... How um, can you blame Ings for wanting? Maybe this would be his last push, isn't it, in, in his career? It would be, and it's been an injury-plagued career. Two huge injuries, one uh, just after his move from Burnley to Liverpool and then a second one at Anfield as well. But you know what? I, I, I really do agree with Ralph Hussenhoddle on this. Uh, old school, old school I am. Because uh, you keep hearing it about the top players all want to play in the Champions League. Well, we bought you to get so we're competing at the Champions League level. So if you can't get us there, then you, you don't deserve to be there. Um, but to be fair, he's, he's, he's scored goals galore for them. By all accounts, he's a model professional. Um, the, the, uh, when he left Anfield, there were, there were reams and reams of notes from the, from the backroom staff saying what a great, great fella he was, how hard he worked, 
how he never, uh, he never caused a moment's trouble despite all the injury problems. So there's always a soft spot for him there. And yes, there's individual ambition. But there is something with what, what Huston Huddle says as well. And in the terms of equity, I tell you what, everything's meant to be fair. We're meant to be equal with everyone now. Uh, that's the new world order, isn't it? Um, with the uh, with Mr. Biden coming in, everyone is going to be given a chance. I reckon the smaller clubs ought to um, really be able to be in the financial league where they're able to hold on to the Danny Ings. I know it's a pipe dream. I know it's uh, I know it's all a falsehood. But wouldn't it be nice if that was the case? It was it was that case in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies. Why can't it be again? So- Can I just touch on the the Danny Ings subject? Um, for me, Danny Ings obviously the talisman there scores a lot of goals for Southampton. But when he makes that move to that Champions League club, is he going to be playing first-team football? Or is he, is he going to play backup? I look at the top sides, um, the ones that are favourites for the Champions League. Um, and, and I can't see where he gets in. He doesn't get into Liverpool, doesn't get into Spurs, doesn't get into United, doesn't get into Chelsea. The only one I can see him get into is Leicester. And, and, and that could be the, the, the team uh, where he goes for if they qualify for the Champions League. Good shout. All right. Southampton versus Arsenal is Saturday at 8.15. We are off for uh, another break. You stay with us. Uh, round four of the FA Cup previews continues right after this. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if you'd make a difference. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Looking forward to the FA Cup fourth round this weekend with Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Craig Marias. Of course, you can find us all on Twitter individually or you can tweet at BFM Radio. Also, do follow us on social media, BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And check out our YouTube channel. It is TFIF on video. I believe the new vid is out. On with our FA Cup fourth round previews then. Cheltenham Town take on Manchester City. Sunday at 1.30 a.m. There are, Bob Holmes, there are 71 places between Man City and Cheltenham <laughs> in the football pyramid. Um, Des mentioned it before, the romance of the cup. This is another one of those ties, isn't it? Absolutely. And although Cheltenham are higher up the pyramid than um, uh, Chorley uh, are, I think this would be a bigger upset um, because it's Man City. Uh, this would be mega, absolutely mega. And you can see that Pep will be resting players. He's, he's virtually got to. Um, he's got a, a COVID problem there. Aguero has got COVID now. Um, he's hardly played I and mean, he's been injured and not quite ready and come on a couple of times as a sub. But you begin to worry whether we've seen the best of him in a Man City shirt. Um, so... Uh, I mean, yeah, banana skin, you can't really see. You never can. You never, you <laughs> no, never can. That's the beauty of them. Yeah. You just don't see these upsets coming. Um, but on, on, a, on the Richter scale, um, this, this would be a 10. Uh, <laughs> and City, um, under Pep, I mean, Pep's been uh, in the country long enough now to appreciate cups. He even appreciates the League Cup. He likes winning pots. And... Uh, they, they won't want the humiliation of, uh, of uh, getting in the record books as one of the uh, giants that have been slain by a, 
by a David um, in Cheltenham. It's, it's better known for horse racing than uh, football and a ladies' uh, college, but um, not for football. It's not a football town. They've got no, no history really at all. So for City to, to go there um, and lose is, is absolutely unthinkable. But in this crazy season, <laughs> don't rule anything out. It is one of the most uneven ties of the weekend. I'm going to read you, Des Corkill, a quote here from uh, the Cheltenham manager, Michael Duff. He says, we have a long throw taker. We have people who are really good in the air in terms of set plays. But the thing is, can we get a throw in their half? <laughs> <laughs> They've also got to be careful that uh, the opposition goalkeeper doesn't score against them as well because uh, that's exactly what happened in the, the last game that they drew against Newport. The, the goalkeeper, King, scored against uh, Josh Griffiths, I think it was, from 96 yards, the longest ever goal scored. It's gone down officially as uh, because it was wind assisted at Wadden Road. But uh, again, this is one of those occasions you'd love the crowds to be there. You'd love to see a, a, a homely stadium that's been revamped like Wadden Road, um, a community area. It may not have a, a, a big football tradition, but they love their football down in, 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 in that Gloucester, uh, Cheltenham area. They, they do live for it. There's a lot of Liverpool and Man United fans who travel north. This is a bit of a reward for those uh, Cheltenham fans who don't travel to see the big city clubs. And so this, this is the kind of thing, the, the kind of game where, again, Cheltenham, it, it's in the public spotlight, not for racing, not for the Cricket Cheltenham Festival, not for the Ladies' College, but for their football club and the opportunity for them to actually maybe cause an, an upset. It, uh, the, the chances on it, I, I, I wouldn't put Craig's money on it. I wouldn't put your money on it, Ross. <laughs> but, wow, wouldn't it be fabulous if it were to happen? Well, I would gladly give you the five pence I have left in my account. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's, let's look at the City youngsters here. Pep, Pep will, will, he's like Bob mentioned, Craig. Uh, he's been yeah. in England long enough. He knows about cups. He likes winning cups. You expect to see him blend in some of the youngsters and, and of the City youngsters, Zach Stefan, Liam Delap. They're all quite promising. Yeah. They're all, they might get a run out this weekend. Yeah, uh, they might. I think Zach Steffen definitely gets a run out uh, this. I'm not so sure about uh, Liam uh, Delap. He's got but, a long throw, uh, though. He could counter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'll get on the end of his dad's throw. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think if you, look at that, yeah, if you look at that City squad, um, there are a lot of players that haven't played a lot of football as well. You're talking about Laporte. Um, I think he's back in training. Uh, uh, Benjamin Mendy, he's been on the bench a lot. He'd probably get a, uh, a run out. Um, and then, then there are players, I think, you know, Silvers will play. He hasn't had a lot of football this season. I think Gundogan probably gets a rest. Um, Garcia, uh, I'm not sure about his status, if he's back fit. But there, there are quite a few within that City squad that, that haven't had as many games as they'd like to. So I think this is a game where Pep will definitely give them... Um, a, a run out. In terms of the youngsters, I, I think Delap, well, he scored already this season for the senior team, hasn't he? In the League Cup, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, so so he's, he's had a taste for it. He, he definitely wants another goal. Um, but I, I reckon they'll, they'll field a couple of strong players as well. Uh, yeah. Senior players just to avoid uh, that possibility of, a, of an FA Cup upset. Um, it, it's very unlikely, as they said, you know, it's very unlikely, but never rule it out. 
I mean, that, that, that's the beauty of the FA Cup, you know, and a lot of people have said it's lost its magic, uh, this, that, the other. I think, you know, the Crawley Town win over Leeds proved that there's still a lot of magic in the FA Cup. Yep. All right. Um, Cheltenham are not in great form at the moment. Just the one win in their last nine fixtures. Cheltenham Town against Manchester City then is a Sunday, 1.30 a.m. kickoff. Chelsea versus Luton Town is Sunday at 8 p.m. <clears throat> Bob Holmes, um, fast forward to a Luton win. What are the headlines going to be the following day? <laughs> Will Lampard survive? I mean, even if, it, if it's just a, a regulation win, no one's going <laughs> to raise an eyebrow here. Even if he thrashes Luton, not a lot's going to be said. But if a Luton win happens, hey, Bob, hey, Bob, 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 Bob. Yes, uh, I know uh, you you like sacking managers, don't you? Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you? You've been a bit down this season because there haven't been quite so many. There's a chairman uh, in me somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think if, if Frank Lampard, the way the papers are talking, if, uh, if he wins the FA Cup, he may still get sacked. Um, if he doesn't get into the top four, even if he does get into the top four um, and wins the FA Cup, he may get sacked. So, yeah, he's on, he's on a hiding to nothing here. Um, I mean, Luton are, are no great shakes. They, they're mid-table. Uh, in the championship, uh, they do have aspirations for the playoffs, but I don't think they could quite cut it uh, in the Premier League. Um, but uh, it would be a major upset uh, if uh, Chelsea were to lose this, no question about it. And then I think it will influence um, Fr Frank's uh, selection here. He chops and changes at the best of times. Um, he doesn't know his best side yet and we're halfway through the season and uh, he's given everybody a chance uh, he's had a good look at practically everybody now and still doesn't know and frankly I, I heard a, a pundit from Germany saying that in in the Bundesliga they're absolutely perplexed by the um, problems that Havertz and Werner have had they thought they would hit the ground running in England because they're both high quality internationals and um, they haven't done, although Werner didn't start too badly, but ha Havertz just hasn't done it at all as he looks out of place totally. And the Frank Lampard is getting the blame. And I think when you see the side not really performing in any coherent way or even formation, he's chopping and changing everything. And inexplicable was the decision to uh, replace Zuma with uh, Rudiger at the back. Um, I, don't, I don't know what made him do that. And uh, Zuma was popping one or two in at the other end as well, yeah. uh, which was a little bit of a bonus. We thought at the beginning that by solving the goalkeeping problem, which he did, that was it. And they went on a bit of a run and looked quite good. But it hasn't worked out. And the the buck stops with the manager, doesn't it? And uh, so he'll be very wary of this this game. And, uh, you know, he won't be reading the Sunday papers if they lose if they lose this game. I think they'll, he'll still be in a job because they haven't decided on a successor. There's no uh, obvious candidate screaming out there to, to say, take me. Um, so I think until they 
finally decide on who, but it does look pretty bleak for, for Frank Lampard. I'm sorry to say that because I think he's a good bloke. I think he needs time. Um, if he was at another club, he might get the time, but not at Chelsea, despite being a club legend. I don't, I don't think he's going to survive. He might last until the end of the season, but uh, beyond that, I doubt it very much. My memory of Luton Town being great was the Brian Horton days. Chelsea versus Luton Town, Sunday, 8 p.m. kickoff, final break of the show. Stick with us. Back right after this. Lovely football, speed of that passenger play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Bob Holmes, Craig Marias, and Des Corkill previewing the FA Cup fourth round. Uh, Brentford take on Leicester City. This is a Sunday 10.30 p.m. Kickoff. Thomas Frank's side have defeated uh, championship uh, rivals Middlesbrough to reach the fourth round. They have survived really well, Bob Holmes, Brentford, haven't they? Considering sales of big players, they are the ultimate money ball side. They are. Um, and uh, they, they're flirting with uh, the playoffs places again. Um, not quite as consistently as last season uh, when they missed out but to replace the uh, the two men two main men that they sold for quite big money Ollie Watkins and Ben Rama um, with guys who uh, are just just about as good and they'll probably sell them on as well in a couple of years time make a nice profit and keep the cl- the club on a sound footing um, that's what they're about uh, I'm not so sure I'd want to be a Brentford supporter with that kind of policy because it does seem a little bit futile. I mean, uh, they didn't make it into the Premier League. They, they missed narrowly last season. They failed in the playoffs, beaten by Fulham. Um, but uh, if they did get there, uh, what sort of future would they have? I mean, it'd be another Sheffield United, wouldn't it? Um, but I, I can't see them going up this year, actually. Um, so they'll go, they'll go for it in the FA Cup, have a bit of glory. Leicester getting all the plaudits now for challenging right at the top end of the league. Um, Brentford, yes, a possible upset here. A banana skin. You can't see uh, Leicester taking this quite as seriously. Their focus is on the title. They believe they can win it. And I think we might see some uh, players rested and Brentford could be, could be up for this. So uh, possible, possible upset here. I would say, I would say definitely. They met uh, same stage last year at Griffin Park. This time around, it's at the brand new Brentford Community Stadium. Des, another romantic story. Okay, uh, Brentford are quite good in the championship, but this would be a, 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 a scalp. Big time. And Ross, Bob, Craig, get your money out. Send it over to me. I'm going to find a legal way to put on bet on Brentford beating Leicester. Uh, I'll even put some of my own shekels in the pile as well. Because Brentford are a team who like to actually knock people off their, to use a phrase, perches. They like the big occasion. They like bloodying noses. I thought they were so hard done by in the game against Tottenham 
in the uh, League Cup recently that they will have the, the fight for uh, the, the um, uh, for the FA Cup. They're, they're actually well in the race for the automatic uh, ch- um, promotion place from the Championship. I think there is more ambition there than Bob um, suggests. They're based on Moneyball, but as soon as you uh, inject 150 million quid into a club, I think you would see a difference there. They're a great community club. They've got the new stadium. When fans are coming in, that will generate a lot of income. It's been a very, very wealthy part of the country. This is a Brentford team on the up and up. And remember, Brentford were once second in the top flight, admittedly, before the war. 37, I think it was. <laughs> so they, 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 they're not completely unused to being up there. But I love what this club have done. They've done it within their financial means. Um, they've been very sensible. They've got a progressive coach. They've got a progressive idea. They've implemented their ideas and they, they've built on that. There's, there's so much to like about it rather than the, uh, the way Wolves got up, which was um, infused by dodginess with agents, etc. And without just going and spending millions and millions of bucks. This is, this is a great story for me. This is my kind of club just in the wrong part of, uh, wrong part of the country. All right. Uh, Leicester City uh, transfer gossip. They're considering, apparently, Christian Eriksen from Inter Milan or Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid in this transfer window. Brentford versus Leicester is Sunday at 10.30pm. The big one, part two of last weekend's action. Man United versus Liverpool is Monday 1am. Uh Amazingly, I read this and I didn't believe this. Liverpool are actually Man United's most common opponent in the FA Cup, Craig Morris. 17 previous FA Cup meetings between the sides. My first memory, can I just jump in first, of watching this, of actually watching an entire football game live was 1977 FA Cup final when Man United beat Liverpool 2-1. And Liverpool were super strong. They had Kevin Keegan in the side and everybody. But how do you see this one going? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, it, it really is a good stat there. I didn't know that they were... But, but when you think back at it, you know, we have played Liverpool a lot of times, um, in, in, especially in the last, you know, 20 years or so. Uh, we've played them quite a few times um, in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, they, this is a tough one. You know, Liverpool, obviously, not on a great run of form. Um, and as I said last week, you know, um, the, the, the kind of form book goes out the window when it comes to this. I mean, you talk about two heated rivals. Um, Klopp... Obviously, had this game in mind when he rested uh, the likes of Mo Salah, Firmino, um, um, over well, last night, really. Um, so, so it's going to be uh, a tough one. The one thing that I would say is that uh, United have that extra bit of rest um, as well, uh, which which could make a difference uh, to this fixture. Um, I, I, I've just got to back United win um, as always. I can't. Um, I, I thought Liverpool dominated possession last week, um, and you know. Were, were obviously um, controlling the game, but they didn't do much with it. Um, David De Gea didn't really do much apart from a Thiago, uh, a strike from 25 yards. Um, I thought United, United defended really well. Best two uh, chances of the match obviously fell to, to United and um, they really should have taken at least one of them. So snatch and grab it, uh, if you like. Um, I see you know, this game kind of going the same way. Um, and um, I expect a, a narrow, narrow win for United. It's strange to say this, Bob, but I guess there's some pressure on Jurgen Klopp coming into this tie. Well, uh, yes, in terms of uh, restoring the, um, 
the Liverpool's stride, if you like. Um, I mean, they're now out of the top four even. And where, where they are is actually unthinkable. It would have been unthinkable like last season or early this season. Um, but there are uh, huge mitigating circumstances. I mean, the, the injuries have disrupted them. And although they have camouflaged it to some extent at the back, the guys who have played there, both the youngsters and Fabinho and Jordan Henderson, they've, they've done well. They've adapted well. But the, the big miss, to me, has been Diogo Jota. I think they've missed him more than they've missed Van Dijk. They've managed to cover for Van Dijk in a fashion, but they've not covered for Jota. He was scoring all the goals before he got injured. I mean, let's face it, he was actually better than what we thought. We didn't think he was going to be as prolific a goal scorer as, as he turned out to be. And I bet that uh, Jurgen Klopp ruse playing him in that dead game against Michiland in the Champions League. Um, but Klopp does believe in playing his best team or, or as near as damn it. And I think this is probably one of the reasons for the problem they've got now. It is, there is a sign of fatigue. They keep doing the same things. I mean, that game last week against United, I thought they played very well for the first half hour. They really bossed the game. And if they scored a goal, they could have won that quite comfortably. But the goals are not going in this season. And you see they're getting too intricate. The front three, they're getting too intricate. And uh, they just get lost in a forest of legs on the edge of the penalty area. And they don't even uh, have many shots on target, as, as Craig said, last night even. I mean, Burnley was stubborn in defence, but it wasn't the Alamo. I mean, the Liverpool were not hitting the target very often. There was that one save that uh, Des mentioned. But... Um, They've got to find a way through, and this is the problem. And I do put it partly down to fatigue, partly down to the loss of uh, Diogo Jota, but Klopp has said they will play their way through it. They're still a great side, and they just need a break. Everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. But I see this as an opportunity, and I'm sure Klopp will see it as well. Playing United, you might think of all people after the loss to Burnley with one day's less rest. Well, what better opponent to play to find your spark? If they can beat United, in the, it's only the FA Cup and they're, they're only in the fifth round, but what a statement that would make for the league. I mean, there's no points at stake, but that would say that Liverpool are still very much in the title race. And I think he will be pressing that message to his players. And I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool didn't win this after all. All right, Des, how do you see the game playing out at Old Trafford, at a wet Old Trafford on Sunday? <laughs> OK, well, Liverpool play Tottenham three days later at Tottenham and then West Ham are further three, uh, further, uh, three days after that. So there's a, a lot of games coming up. But um, to answer your earlier question, Jurgen Klopp under pressure, not in the slightest. Not in the remotest way is he under pressure. He's I under don't self- mean under pressure for the sack. I meant under pressure, you know, because <laughs> of high self-induced pressure. I also need to correct Bob. In the Liverpool are the top scorers in the league this season, Bob. They've got 37. They've had. They've been shot shy 
since the MCO coincidentally came around and the MCO has been extended to February the 4th. So hope Jürgen's not listening to the Malaysian press and following the MCO here. But, but they haven't scored for four games. Yeah, exactly. But it's they they are the top scorers and the chances will come. The one against Origi, <coughs> underside of the bar yesterday, and Didi's goes in, Origi stays out. Off the line in the last minute against Burnley. It could have gone anywhere. It went straight to Ben Mee. Uh, and Pope's two sensational saves. So uh, the Liverpool are a, a, a class side. They're adjusting to Thiago Alcantara. He does play the, uh, the game differently in that he tries to um, thread passes through. And I think everybody in the world, not only Liverpool fan, fans, thought that Thiago would come in and be an instant success. It's not proven to be that, but um, I, I see this exactly as Bob says, as an opportunity for Liverpool to maybe make a statement, to get the rust out of their legs and to really go on to what is a really, really difficult month ahead. Because after Tottenham and West Ham, Leicester's quickly, uh, Everton's very quick, there's Brighton as well, and there's also um, uh, a match at um, Leicester as well. They play all the top clubs and then, then the Champions League kicks in. We just need to reboot and restart all over again. But Jürgen's not under any pressure. He's got three years' worth of grace. Just, sorry, Ross, just touching on what, what Des says. You know, I totally agree uh, in terms of, of them needing this win. Um, but the danger is if they don't, um, and with that tough pitches uh, coming up ahead, you know, could that mean, um, if, they, if they don't get many points out of that, that, that could see them falling all the way down it and maybe possibly even struggling to get the Champions League as Jamie Carragher said last night. Um, so, so, so that's also a, a real possibility. They, they need this win. They do. It's more than just an FA Cup tie. Man United versus Liverpool, Monday, 1 a.m. kickoff. Uh, I tell you what, if you're after more FA Cup previews, do check out our video, TFIF on video. But for now, I'm going to have to say thanks to the guys. Thank you, Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. And thanks to Des Corkill. Get a football law book and check all the laws because something will come and bamboozle you in the FA Cup. (laughs) (laughs) He's so looking forward to it. You can tell, can't you? Uh, Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Speak to you on Monday. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.